I stood at times aghast before the axe of Edward Hyde. But the situation was apart from ordinary laws, insidiously relaxed the grasp of conscience. It was Hyde, after all, and Hyde alone that was guilty. I, Jekyll, was no worse. I woke again to his good qualities seemingly unimpaired. He would even make haste, where it was possible, to undo the evil done by Hyde. And thus my conscience slumbered, until such a time when the wheedling urges once again tickled my consciousness, and once again I would quaff the emerald distillation. The pleasures which I made haste to seek in my disguise were, as I have said, undignified. But in the hands of Edward Hyde, they soon began to turn towards the monstrous. When I would come back from these excursions, I was often plunged into a kind of wonder at my vicarious depravity. This homunculus that I called out of my own soul and sent forth alone to do his good pleasure was a being inherently malign and villainous. His every act and thought centred on self, drinking pleasure with such bestial avidity from any degree of torture to another, relentless like a man of stone. Some two months in, I had been out for one of my adventures and had returned at a late hour and woke the next day in bed with a somewhat odd sensation. My mind was still engaged in the despicable and, dare I say, secretly thrilling exploits of my alternate, when, in one of my more wakeful moments, my eyes fell upon my hand. Now, the hand of Henry Jekyll was professional in shape and size. It was large, firm, white, and comely. But the hand which I now saw was lean, corded, knuckly, and of a dusky pallor, and thickly shaded with a swart growth of hair. It was the hand of Edward Hyde. I had gone to bed, Henry Jekyll, and I had awakened Edward Hyde. How was this to be explained? I quickly made my way to the laboratory, and ten minutes later, Dr. Jekyll had returned to his own shape, much disturbed. It seemed that I was slowly losing hold of my original and better self and becoming slowly incorporated with my second and worse... I swore in that moment to cast aside the creature. In truth, Jekyll would suffer smartingly in the fires of abstinence, but it was better than to cast my lot with Hyde, to be forever despised and friendless. But for two months, however, I was true to my determination. For two months. But once again, I began to be tortured with throes and longings, as of Hyde struggling after freedom, and at last, in an hour of moral weakness, I once again compounded and swallowed the transforming draught. My devil had been long caged, and he came out roaring. 
I was conscious even when I took the draught of a more unbridled, a more furious propensity for ill. Hence I set out through the lamp-lit streets until a chance encounter with an aged gentleman lit within me a great flame of anger. I beckoned the old fool to stand aside, stamping with foot, brandishing the cane I carried. The old gentleman took a step back, as one very much surprised, and turned to flee, and at that moment I was upon him and clumped him to the earth. And the next moment, with ape-like fury, I was trampling the victim underfoot and hailing down a storm of blows under which the bones were audibly shattered and the body jumped upon the roadway. <laughs> with a transport of clay, I mauled the unresisting body, tasting delight with every blow until my eager hands found his throat. And I watched with almost perverse pleasure, as his face purpled, his eyes bulging, his feeble fingers clawing at my hands. The thing beneath me hitched, and after some moments of breathless pleasure, deflated, and was still. It was glorious. I was a god with power over life or death. And in the same ecstasy of mind, gloating on my crime, I light-headedly devised others in the future. I ran not as one racked with guilt, but with the dancing lightness of elation back to Jekyll's, and had a song upon my lips as I compounded the draught and I drank it, pledged to the dead man. <laughs> The pangs of transformation had not done tearing me before Henry Jekyll, with streaming tears of gratitude and remorse, had fallen upon his knees and lifted his clasped hands to God. I could have screamed aloud. I sought with tears and prayers to smother down the crowd of hideous images and sounds with which my memory swarmed against me. The next day came the news of the murder and that the guilt of Hyde was patently obvious to the world. I resolved in my future conduct to redeem the past and to that end destroyed my papers, thus putting an end to Hyde. Or so I thought. The Final Confession of Dr. Henry Jekyll Part 3 By Robert Louis Stevenson Adapted by J.T. Becker Last Midnight Productions Stay safe, mascot. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween!